September 25th, the new Fox Tuesday kicks off with New Girl's new season. Then, welcome Ben and Kate. Stay away from my sister before you find out what six years of Rob McGaugh feels like. Well, like, year and a half plus, like, four years on and off I was traveling. Followed by another all-new New Girl. What am I looking at here? Pure, unadulterated friendship. And the Mindy Project. <laughs> Can't believe you're tattling. Tattling is when a little girl does it, okay? When a hot woman does it, it's called whistleblowing. The new Fox Tuesday premieres September 25th on Fox. You're listening to the AfterBuzz TV Network. Now the largest new media platform on the web and your number one source for after-show entertainment. Very good, Keith. The AfterBuzz Studios in Los Angeles, California, presented by Maria Menunos and Bing.com, and streaming live thanks to Akamai Technologies. This is AfterBuzz TV's Revolution After Show. We'll break down tonight's episode and get you all the latest news and gossip. If you'd like to buzz in on tonight's show, you can buzz us at 424 256 1729. That's 424-256-1729. And now, another post-game wrap-up show for your favorite TV show. It's AfterBuzz TV's Revolution After Show. Hey guys, what is happening? We are so excited because after doing the preview episode last week, the show has finally started tonight, officially. Even though you could watch it online, whatever, Kristen, it's okay, you cheated. But sitting across from me, we have with us the ever so lovely Kristen Snyder. Hi guys. And what a sexy voice there. And sitting next to her, we have Daryl Kristen. What's up, guys? Even sexier voice, sorry. Oh, this is my Charlie costume, by the way. Yes, Kristen Snyder decided she's now Charlie, and she brought a crossbow, too. Watch out. I like that. And sitting next to me, to my right, Kristen Carroll. Hey, guys. And guys, I'm sorry, my name is not Kristen, it is Dave Klein. We can change that. We can change that, though. Suggest a good name to go with it, and I'll go with it. And in the booth today, we have Amir! What up, Amir? Hey, what's up? (laughs) (laughs) Alright, but let's jump right into it, because guys, I'm excited for the show, and I'm excited because... We had the intro where things were going down, planes were blowing up. What the hell? What did you guys think of this? I was glad I was not on one of those planes, let me tell you. (laughs) I love that opening scene with the cars all going out in a row. I thought that was great. So, basically, I mean, this is high concept right here. I think the best part of this show is the fact that it's so Mm thought-provoking. And I know everyone wants to see that chaos. I was actually reading an interview where they said it was going to be like little EpiPens, like um, flashbacks mm-hmm. of what actually happened. So like adrenaline rushes, because they didn't want to tell a story about a world falling apart, but rather coming together. So that's they're going to put those chaotic scenes like the planes falling and what happened right after uh, as flashbacks rather than it being the entire story. Okay, so there we go. So now we get some reasoning then behind why they decided to jump 15 years later outside of swashbuckling and swords, which I was totally cool with. But 
what's funny there in the beginning is you see like the typical family, what you think of American family, like kids sitting around watching TV. The parents are on their phones, talking on cell phones. They're they're talking about like texting and like, oh, let me text this hot girl. And right. It's kind of like a typical <laughs> American scene. And she's twenty two. Oh, it's cool. It's no, cool, but I really cool. think that speaks to his character because that's Monroe, who is the dictator, and he's texting back and forth with a twenty two year old. And when the power goes out, he's like, no, she was right. sending me pictures. <laughs> really? <laughs> At least she's legal. It could have been worse. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> it is legal. Point. That's all I got to say. That's a good point. So I want to throw something out when the power went off that I that I thought of. Danny, the little kid, because it's Charlie and Danny that we're seeing with Ben mm, and right. their actual mother. Um, Danny's a freaking brat. Like, as soon as the power goes out, he starts crying because he lost his Looney Tunes. What a brat. Yeah, but I think he just freaked out because of the situation. I mean, it was, like, so chaotic at that moment. The, the electricity power going, went the out. The kid was, like, three at the well, time. And his so it's dad's dark. running in there his dad's in a hectic. panic. Yeah. Can I just say, the kids were completely absorbed in that TV, almost like zombies, showing their total dependence on technology. What was Looney Tunes? I mean... I mean, Can but they were like I zombies like watching that in front of Looney Tunes. <laughs> <laughs> and now they're shooting cross. I mean, when we were watching, I don't know if you guys looked at <laughs> me while learned. we were watching. <laughs> while we were watching Revolution, but that's exactly how I was sitting while we were watching just now. I was like, mm-hmm. yeah. I mean, even like those, those first few minutes, I, honestly, in that room, we all were pretty silent. I mean, I, I think that 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 was a great way to start the show. Mm-hmm. I personally thought, yeah. And it was fun watching the power grid go out and all the lights slowly flicker off. And then the cell phones kind of slowly flicker off. So you really have everything going out. And what what I want to see in the future is I don't feel like we got the full extent of what happens with the power going out, which I want to touch on later in kind of our extra segment. Mm -hmm. But I'm hoping that we do get to see some little EpiPen segments of that coming (laughs) in there because that would be fun to see. But this is our first introduction to the family, which is the 15 years prior and, like, Charlie is a kid. And Danny as a kid, Ben is the, um, the father, and then we flash forward right away 15 years later, and they are now on a farm, and they are now in this little community, like a tight-knit community. You have Aaron, who we should touch on and talk about, who's kind of the professor character there. Mm-hmm. He's the smart one. He worked for Google. Yeah. He's allergic to bees, which is going to obviously have to come. There's going to be There's going to be something with that Definitely. there. Right. But we have this community, and Aaron's sort of the teacher. They have their doctor, and they've created a civilization. Not only that, but they make him the teacher and the funny guy all at the same time, which I kind of like. They combine the two archetypes. Yeah, I think one of my favorite comments that he made during the show was the fact when he said, when he walked into that plane, and he (laughs) said, you know, I had $80 million in the bank from being an executive at Google, but all I want is is some Charmin, you know. So Mm -hmm. after all this, he just really wants some nice piece of tissue to wipe his butt. So I think that's a pretty good good, uh, quote there from the the show. I mean, I kind of see him as the weak link. Why does he have the medallion? Like, he's like the cowardly lion on this, like adventure he doesn't he's the only one without a crossbow he's he's got the most important because who part would of it. suspect funny okay. guy Aaron right. has the medallion and nobody's got the brain this is like the wizard of oz venture though it's, yeah, <laughs> yeah we've got a lot of connections There's here a, well i think they talked about they wanted it to be a big epic adventure walking mm-hmm. across with all these different characters and developing them and I liked seeing that actually they had Indiana Jones on this weekend and it reminded Great me movie. of of the third one The Last Crusade where Indy gives it to to oh I can't remember his name but you wouldn't suspect him to have like the book for the Holy Grail and yeah it's kind of the same. How did you option. guys feel about how fast paced it was kind of just breaking you in killing people off and here we're on the journey 
I think you have to get in pretty quick if you want to start character development. Let's just get those plot points out of the way mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. get into more of what the show's going to be know, about. You know, I actually, I, I thought it was a little bit too fast because when Ben died, I was like, I don't care. Whatever. Exactly. Who is, I don't give a crap. Um, <laughs> but something I want to point out before we move to that, and we, we definitely should touch on that, when we were talking about the whole journey thing, um, Chris and I both noticed, I'm not sure if you guys did, but the pale that, the lunchbox that she picks up is mm-hmm. Return of the Jedi. It is Return of the Jedi. And I think there's got to be some symbolism that they're going to use that I think you actually touched, we're well, talking yeah, about Yeah, I was reading um, an interview with, with the series, um, with the the producers, Eric Kripp. Kripke, Eric Kripke, yeah. Right. Um, that he was talking about, he kept referring back to Star Wars as using that as his idea, his basis for a lot of the characters. And I kept kind of pinpointing which character was which because this was my second time viewing it. So I was paying more attention to like, okay, Charlie is the Luke Skywalker. And, you know, you have the Captain Tom, who's basically the Darth Vader in this character where he has a backstory that I'm hoping we get to see a little bit more of. But he's still the bad guy. He's still the villain. He comes in on a horse in a black outfit and basically it's the beginning of Star Wars except Darth Vader's not on a horse. But As long as his horse spirals off screen with him going, no, I will be totally cool with it. <laughs> That's what I want to see. Uh, but let's touch back on what you were talking about, Kristen, because I right. do think that's important, which is how fast the pace was. It just breakneck speed. Well, Kripke actually said that he's not a fan of endless mystery and storytelling, and he likes to get there an exciting, fast-paced way, enough that it's really clear and points you in the direction that you're going, because he likes to reward the audience for their loyalty. So... I guess it will make sense eventually, and like my problem was the fact that we weren't going to see what happened right afterwards, and mm-hmm. reading the article from the Huffington Post assured me mm-hmm. that we're going to get that yeah. through flashbacks, which is fine, but like you said, Dave, I'm not going to care when people die unless I get more of those flashbacks sooner. Right, or at least like some more character development with the characters we're with right now, because mm-hmm. when Ben died... It was like, what, 10 minutes in the show? Yeah. Maybe two. Yeah, so maybe two. <laughs> so, I mean, it's like, he seems like a central character, and he's already dead. So, right. I, hopefully by that point, even if we're not getting all these flashbacks that you and I would like to see, uh, at least like characters like Charlie and Aaron and all of them will be a little bit more well-developed and well-rounded. Yeah. Um, but I- let- No, I was going to say I agree with you. I I would definitely like to see a little bit more of the character development, but I also felt that they needed to, like, kickstart the pace of the show. I mean, there was so much hype around it, um, and they needed to really get into the voyage part of it. So I think that that, as far as it being the voyage part, that's what made them kickstart it so quickly into the scene, you know, at the beginning. Right. So they do start the the journey, but let's also talk about the town a little bit further that they've established, because I think that this is important, and we're probably going to see more little towns like this throughout mm-hmm. the show that people right. have sort of established. And what we see that they've got here is they have, as I mentioned, their town doctor, which is Maggie, who is now hooking up with Ben. <laughs> we have Aaron, who's kind of the teacher, who's teaching everybody, at least wisdom-wise. He's teaching them sort of book smarts. And he's trying to keep that aspect Which of the old world isn't alive. isn't as important anymore because they're busy bow hunting. Right. It's right. like not as fun as bow hunting, guys, I know. <laughs> but math is still important. And science is always important. <laughs> <laughs> Which is why Kristen and Daryl have their glasses That's over right. there for science. Thank you. Are we Thank going you for that? that? Thank you. Thank you. Um, I think we'll into jump into science? it a little bit later. Oh, <laughs> later. You can take it off for now. Oh, but that was practice. What else did practice. you guys notice about the society that they'd sort of established there? They had, like, a garden growing out of cars. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um... I noticed that the medicine was more so liquid because it can't be obviously compressed ingredients into pill form at this point. 
So I felt that was very interesting. They had some farm animals walking yeah. around there, too. So you- I seemed, saw a dog. I saw a dog. Mm-hmm. It seemed very medie- medieval times to me. It just yeah. mm-hmm. That's the feeling that I got when I was first watching it. I was kind of thinking, especially from scenes we see later, almost like American Revolution times. Yeah, very similar. Um, and yeah. we also see, especially from the characters talking there, they're very agoraphobic. They're afraid of other people. Ben does not right. want Charlie meeting anybody else outside the town, yeah. which... You're not. You don't have very many people to choose from in a little town like that. So that's one <laughs> downside right there. Right. We're gonna meet some hot guys like Nate. I don't know, or some <laughs> sexy ladies like Charlie. That's why Nate was so excited. He's like, <laughs> I met a girl somewhere else. This is amazing. Right. Uh, not in this little town, but it's like they are very afraid of other people, and that's yeah. sort of something that they're establishing is you mm-hmm. cannot trust other people, and yeah. that's kind of been a thing throughout the whole episode. They didn't trust Nate. They didn't really tell Miles stuff. Well, they, I guess they sort of did tell Miles a lot right away, surprisingly. Yeah. yeah. But they really don't trust other people. Well, that's because Charlie trusts people, because she made a comment about to um, to Maggie about not everybody hears a monster. Yeah, not everyone can be a monster. Some people have to be upright or all right. Yeah. So. Some people gotta be all right. So she's, she's the right. optimistic one in there, and you have to have somebody in that, or else you're going to have a bunch of negative people that don't trust anyone. Yeah. And Ben makes sense because his wife went out there and, you know, got killed. Yeah. Although I hope we—I don't want to see that, but I hope there's more to that. It seems that like— That makes more sense why he would be—why he would keep his children close, because he seemed to have taught them other ways— you know, besides that. So something big happened to the mom. And, you know, I was thinking maybe she's not dead, but that's just... I did think that same thing, actually. Yeah, I was, I was thinking the same thought, Maybe she too. disappeared and, like, nobody told her, kind of Walking yeah. Dead-esque. <laughs> well, I feel like everyone's sort of missing someone from their family. Grace, the who we find out later on, is the algebra teacher who helps Danny. Mm-hmm. She talks about having the inhaler being her son's, mm-hmm. was yeah. her son's, so that makes sense, like, she lost a son. Mm-hmm. And then Aaron talked about when they got to the Grand Hotel that that's where he got married, and clearly he's not with his wife anymore, so perhaps she's gone as well. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Zombies, no. man. That's, <laughs> <laughs> that's probably what it was, even though this has nothing to do with it. But so we we do have the main villain, though, and he jump starts here Captain Tom Neville. That's right. Or Neville. I don't know how you're supposed to. Is it Neville or Neville? We're going to go with Neville. I'm going to go with Neville Neville because that's the Harry Potter pronunciation. (laughs) Um, So he jumps in here, and we have him. First of all, he's dealing some crystal meth to everybody, clearly. But (laughs) he's coming in because he is trying to find Ben. He's trying to find Miles because he thinks that they have the secret to Mm -hmm. electricity and how this started up. So this is kickstarting the entire show is Mm -hmm. this pivotal point right Mm -hmm. here. Did you guys think this was also a little bit too quick-paced, or did you guys like how they handled this? Once again, I like the way they introduced the character. I mean, I think that they had to go right at it and get right into it, so it didn't bother me. Um, And they had to obviously show who the evil character was going to be at the beginning, so it didn't bother me that they kick-started so quickly. And they brought the music in when he when he wrote up. Yeah, they made it very easy. This is the bad guy. Here's his bad guy music. He's going to shoot everybody, too. I actually wanted him to be a little bit darker. Yeah, he's not that badass yet. I think Monroe is going to play that role, and I think he's actually going to be the secondary guy who maybe fluctuates sides. I don't see him being true to Monroe. Well, you do have the reference that Kristen Carroll here made about sort of the Darth Vader archetype and character, Mm -hmm. and maybe that is sort of going to be his thing. He he kind of maybe has this good side to him, but he's playing the villain. Yes, the Anakin side to him. But he's playing 
the villain. I, he does shoot up like five people in a row with that handgun. And he just goes, enough. And he everybody ended just. It. Okay. But that I mean, was necessary. We also had a lot of we had a lot of bloodshed there at the very beginning. Oh, we had yeah. like seven people dying, crossbow oh, yeah. shooting. And and this is important, we did find out as Kristen was telling us last week, I know why they can't use guns. <laughs> I know, uh-huh. I just like please pick me. <laughs> uh we found out that the reason why is apparently in this society firearms are illegal and the offense for owning one, for even having one, is hanging. You can have crossbows, you can Mm -hmm. have bows and arrows, but you cannot have a firearm, and that is why. Unless you're the militia. Right. In some republics, they said it was legal. Mm -hmm. But, I mean, where did they get them? Did they go rob museums for these muskets? (laughs) Well, who knows? Somebody might have had one. And, you know, Miles was part of the military, so he probably had one kept up, and who knows what what the backstory is of those other people in the town. Yeah. If it was kind of a military-based town or not. Uh, it makes sense why they would have guns and maybe just hide them right after the fact. That's what I would have done. I'm wondering maybe. if this is going to be kind of like muskets in the sense that they're not as accurate as well. Because we do see that when Miles <laughs> later on is getting shot at, he just is like, whatever, I don't care. He walks behind a pillar. He's like, it's no thing. Right, right. There's a musket being shot at me. Whatever. So I'm wondering <laughs> if it's going to be not as accurate. And that's why the handgun was – it was kind of like – it almost seemed to me as like this is a huge thing that Neville has a handgun. It, it kind of came out to me as a big factor because everyone else has these long-ass muskets and he has a handgun that just deals so much damage. So yeah. I think that is going to be an important factor. Precision. The swords were something yes. serious in this show tonight. Oh, yeah. Swashbuckling. The swords were serious. <laughs> there you go, for your private ship. I was pretty into that. Yeah, I mean, it was a lot of stabbing in the chest tonight. I was I was into it. Kristen is going to get her pirate wish come true, I think. It's I think all, so. It's all happening. I think so. I'm not worried. They're going to end up on a boat at some point. For sure. I'm waiting for it. <laughs> so in this scene, we do have one of the a pivotal, another pivotal moment, which is where Ben hands Aaron the pendant and says, keep it safe. Keep mm-hmm. this pendant safe. And we later find out that this pendant somehow is connected to the electricity. Mm-hmm. So a very, very important pendant, a very important trade-off there. And there's more than one. Yes. Mm-hmm. And on that computer, she was talking to more than one. Hmm. Yeah. I don't know what company he worked for. Curious. Google. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Google owns everything. Google they've, owns everything. They've got to figure it out. Power goes out. They're behind it. It's probably I mean, Facebook. I should say this for predictions, but as a teaser, I just kind of feel like they're going to have to unite all these pendants. <laughs> yeah. Right? Just don't cross the streams. <laughs> Never mind. <laughs> what? <laughs> Ghostbusters. Yeah, I got you. <laughs> It'll become the ultimate pendants of all time. Um, so You guys have your own language over there. <laughs> it's called the language of nerd. Yeah. Jump on our wavelength glasses crew. Okay, this so. Is science. Uh, We're the science crew over here. <laughs> We're the nerdy crew then over on this end. All right, so. That differs. We do kind of have this branching out point here. So. After Ben is shot, Danny is taken away. So yeah. Danny is taken away, and they kind of have these two separate elements now where you've got Danny's journey and his... And he's kind of a badass, we come yeah. to figure out. And then we also have um, Charlie and her journey to go try and find Danny and try and find Miles. And mm-hmm. so we have two separate branches going on here. And something I don't know if we mentioned that we should is Danny, the brother of Charlie, has asthma, mm-hmm. which is mm-hmm. a much bigger deal now in a society without proper medicine. Right. So that comes into play constantly throughout this episode. I'm sure it will in the future, too. So yeah. that is something we should note. So let's... I wanted to say something else about the medallion. Did you guys notice that, like the O in Revolution, it's a power button? 
on the medallion. Mm-hmm. Mm, I didn't notice that, I didn't actually. I'll have to look. Yeah. Did you guys also notice during the title sweep sequence, the first thing that shows up is evolution, evolution and, then and then the then R comes in? Yeah. So, so hmm. re-evolve. I honestly think that whoever has mysteriously taken away um, technology and electricity and power did it because they want the society to evolve again. Because they didn't like the way things were going in our current day society. So, like, this is a precautionary tale. In this society, they did it on purpose. They took away electricity and everything so that they could have the society re-evolve. Or does Sebastian Monroe have such major foresight, he knew if this all happened and he made it happen, he would become the leader of a revolutionary army and be the king. He didn't make it happen, though, because that's why he's searching. That's totally what it is. Totally. No. (laughs) Yeah, that's that's giving him a lot of power. (laughs) No, I don't. No, but what do you guys think about that? Do you think that could be, like, whoever is in charge of this wanted the society to re-evolve, so they are the ones who decided to turn off electricity? I I think there's a big bad out there that we haven't even seen yet that maybe even Monroe learned from or took over, that that's the reason the power went out. I mean, it seems to go... Bad versus yeah. good. Yeah. I feel like it also really have to be an attack because even someone, if they really have planned that out, like let me take power in some way, they would have no idea what would really happen in this situation. Although I guess they do have some electrical power, which is mm-hmm. why they're trying to get it so they can have tanks. Well, Grace is clearly the one with a secret because when she does turn on the medallion, she gets some source of power, a small degree, which is why I think they need to be reunited, all the medallions at some point, to turn it on everywhere. But the person on the other end of the communication board asks her, what now? As if she is the leader in charge. So people are looking to Grace for direction, which tells me she knows why it turned off, and perhaps she turned it off, and this is an experience with society. Mm-hmm. Mm. I would agree with that. I mean, that would definitely be an interesting twist. So I guess what the exciting thing is we're actually going to find out. Thank you, Kripke, for actually <laughs> doing that. I'm excited that we will. Um, let's jump on then to the actual journeys now. Mm-hmm. So first we have Charlie's journey, and Charlie's quest is she's trying to find Danny. And kind of the first thing that they run into is her running into Nate's. Which is definitely going to be a love interest here that we mm-hmm. find out later on. He has a thing for her. Yeah. He's also not very honest in a lot of ways. A lot of ways that were revealed. His name which is I didn't. not Nate. Is, yeah. yeah, as we yeah. find out. Is your name even Nate? Yeah. No. no. And no. the whole militia thing, I had no idea that was coming. That threw me for a loop. When that that was, was a surprise to me when I saw it the first time, too. Well, I didn't think that that was going to be... When I was watching preview stuff on the show, which was like a three-minute preview, that was the first thing they showed. It was like, <laughs> and he's a revolution guy! So I was like, oh, okay. So I guess it, yeah, yeah, it, was, it was on the preview. But we have him here, and he's by the waterfall, and they're showing once again what they have to do in this society now where she has to go get water from the waterfall, Mm -hmm. and they probably know all the places where streams are and water that they can get on their journey because that's important now. Mm -hmm. But she's going there, and he's kind of hanging out there. I don't know why exactly. I guess maybe we'll find out why he was just hanging out there in that spot. Well, clearly he was hanging out because he knew that they were on a quest to go find Miles, and he was following them to Miles. Yeah, Mm -hmm. he strategically placed himself there. Exactly. So he knew that she would eventually run into him, or it would be some type of interaction with him and Charlie. Yeah. So 
we're we're kind of gonna see where his sides are gonna go to, and then he's kind of gonna flip flop as we see. Although, whose side is he on? Charlie's. <laughs> well, he's on Charlie's side, but he's also on the malicious side. So I think if it comes down to any situation, I mean, we've seen him save her twice. If it yeah. comes down to any situation involving her, he's on her side. Anybody else, you're goner because she's the only young girl that we've seen so far. Right. And a good-looking one of that. Yeah. Yeah. Let's be real. And she knows how to use a crossbow, so hey. Awesome, awesome. So sexy. So let's let's jump on that then. The first time that... So sexy. So sexy. So sexy. Let's let's jump on that then. The first time that Nate (laughs) did save... That Nate actually did go and save them, which is they find a plane, and at first they're cautious, and Maggie's... I think it was Maggie who said this is not a good place to be, this is not safe. And Aaron's like, ah, whatever, it's cool, it's cool, it's cool, it's guys, it's cool. So he doesn't really care, and he's just all about, it's a, it'll be fine. Well, he's like, there's a medic box in the front, I used to own a plane, plane yeah. I had so much money. Yeah, that's and, where the Google stuff came in, $800. Yeah. And shoving it in your face, oh my god, Google, what's that? <laughs> oh, awesome. Uh, Bing is for doing it, guys, and <laughs> we're doing revolution, so you know. So, um, something I, that was funny that we noticed, too. Was that he mentioned oh, I could really go for a Charmin, and then there was a Charmin commercial right, oh, right after, after that. Yeah. Yeah. Right. So great product, product placement. placement there. But there again, money means nothing in this world. Thank yeah. God. <laughs> but normally you would say like I need some TP or something like that. You wouldn't specifically right. say Charmin. So we know Charmin is contributing to revolution. I do want to throw out that for whatever reason when that commercial came out, I did go I could really use some Charming. I don't know why that thought crossed my head, <laughs> and that's kind of disturbing, but it really did. I was like, huh, charming sounds good right now. So Thank apparently you for it was revealing working. that about yourself, I'm Dave. so glad I, I wasn't sitting next to it at that point. <laughs> You're welcome, guys. Marketing welcome. works. Okay, so they end up on the plane, yeah. and we have, there really are bandits in this world. There are bad guys, and Charlie's a pretty high commodity there. They are trying to rape Charlie there, so. Yes. <laughs> and, and Maggie. And Maggie. <laughs> and Maggie. Yeah. Got the British blonde girl. I, I love that part because of the fact that, you know, Maggie says, you know, look in my, what she say, my right corner pocket or whatever. And she has the, the side the, pocket. The side pocket and has the whiskey in there. The guy, the, the, the big meathead next to her <laughs> takes the swig of the whiskey. And then all of a sudden you see the blood popping out of his mouth. Then the other guy who had also taken the swig, the blood comes out of his mouth, too. That was a great scene. I did not see that one coming either. So she, no, I didn't see that either. Clearly the poisonous whiskey was some serious stuff. What's that she in this concocted. rum, bitch? Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. And Bitch. then you see Charlie fighting the other we guy. You got some in the Jesse front. coming out. Yeah, some... <laughs> yo, yo, what's up? It's Spitch. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, that alcohol is poison, bitch. That should be a new Science, rap song. Science, bitch. Science, bitch. And then you have Charlie. We in the cross front. a lot of shows. Yeah, in there's, this. A, there's a lot of Breaking crossing. Bad, the show. Walking Dead, Walking Dead. Just helping yeah. our other after buzz. Yeah, Falling Skies. We're gonna cover them all. Yeah. <laughs> Return to Jedi. We got whatever. you. We got you. So we find out Maggie's kind of a badass there. Yeah. She's smart. She has a lot of foresight, or she's just paranoid, but smartly paranoid. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And Nate comes in and saves Charlie, so he also ends up kind of saving the day. Yeah. So. Nate and Maggie doing Nate some good things over there. Yeah, but I, I have to say that Charlie is not too bad at fighting herself. She was mm-hmm. kicking some butt. She I'm might on her be the, side. Yeah, she's the badass on the show. Badass. She's represented for the badass ladies. And all the badass ladies out there. Very strong who women. Who dress like show. Charlie, especially. <laughs> especially. Weird. Weirdly, weirdly coincidental there. Very weird. <laughs> so after that, they after this incident, they end up going into Chicago. Yeah. Kristen, mm-hmm. 
awesome there in Chicago. I was so excited. I love the special effects for that. Just walking down there and seeing the Chicago Theater, Wrigley Field, and it's all covered in, in ivy. ivy or and everything. It was. I it's, thought it was very cool. Or just even the street was completely. It seemed like a lot was overrun with water as well from yeah. the lake from Lake Michigan. That makes sense. Was that enough for you guys though? I mean, everyone looked really clean. Even the guys rolling around on the ground looked like they just got out of the gap. Oh, let me. I want to point that out. I wanted to say something that I kept noticing. Danny had like the trendiest shirt on ever, with like this trendy like button shirt, and, and it so, was white. No, but it was trendy. It was like a trendy shirt that I would buy right now. And it now. was white as white. Yeah. And then so did so did uh, Sebastian Monroe had the same type of trendy yes. shirt, like a tight muscle trendy shirt, and so did Nate. So apparently they got some good fabric, uh, guys. Yeah. There's some good weavers. They they really know what they're doing. Or it's what happens. Fashion comes back in style. Yeah, fashion. They made it happen. <laughs> they made it come back. They I mean, just raided the gap when the lights went exactly. out. That was the first right. place they hit up. I mean, they just put a few weeds on Wrigley Field, though. And I mean, all the letters were there. Everything was very legible and readable. It just, I wanted to see more more torn apart. It know, wasn't enough of a concrete jungle for me. It's only 15 years, though. Right, that's kind of one thing. Not, it's been 15 years. It's not like a forest is going to pop up in 15 years. Yeah. I mean, if you're not, if you don't have someone taking care of these buildings, at least, like, break some windows. Everything seemed pretty intact to me. That makes him rusty, I think. Nobody it's like dirty. breaks anything at Wrigley more Field. Dirt. <laughs> I mean, I guess it did look exactly like Chicago looks right now. So that is every time I go to Wrigley Field, that's what I see. Oh. Well, I just <laughs> I hope it gets a little dark. Really, I just hope it gets really a, a lot darker. Yeah. So I think we'll see some cities that are going to be like probably when they Detroit, hit New York is usually. Detroit. <laughs> New York. Yeah. Um, so they end up going to the Grand Hotel, and they meet Miles, and what a coincidence that the first person they run into in Chicago just happens to be Miles. Miles what yeah. do you know? Yeah. Well, the, Ben gave him directions where to go, right? He said, well, he they didn't say Grand Hotel. Place. He said Chicago, I think. I thought he, uh, I, I thought he gave actual, like, a let's cross hope so. street. I really hope Did they he? gave a guess, cross street. If he said I that, so. I guess I missed that. So I, I have a quick question. How old was Charlie when the electricity went out about? She was possibly... She looked like five, I think. Five well, Danny's so. 19, and he was younger than Charlie. Okay, so she's got to be 20, 21, 22. Okay, because I was trying to figure out mm-hmm. if she really would not be able to remember at all who her uncle was. But I guess if she was that young, right. then possibly mm-hmm. I mean, it'd be she would vague, be like a very vague memory. Plus, all pictures now are online, so we lose all of our pictures. It's not like we're having a picture of him. Right. Yeah. Who knows? I don't think she'd remember. I I thought that was kind of like, okay, come on. The first person they run into is Miles. I know they're trying to go quickly, and I get that, and I guess I missed what you must have caught. And you watched it twice, so (laughs) you probably did catch it, Some, some things that I missed. But they run into Miles right away, and at first, Charlie just opens up to him, and he's at first not taking, and as soon as Charlie opens up, he's like, well, I'm your uncle, bitch. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That I was a know. little rushed. I, I will, will admit that. But once again, they had to introduce that character. And that hotel, so. like, I would still stay there. Like, the pillar was, like, perfectly placed in the middle of the stairs. But that's really all I noticed. Well, they had a Luminati sign. I'll go there for the deep dish pizza, there too. There you go. Yeah. And you told me I can get that shipped here? You yeah. can. Get that actually. shipped to L.A. Yeah, Luz is that huge happened. in Chicago. Huge. Mm-hmm. And it's actually a really big pizza, too. That's why I'm saying that as well. It's a double reference. Uh, double reference for y'all. Chicagoans. Good to know. So 
they kind of go in the corner to talk, and Charlie's explaining to him, and Miles just does not care. And it's not that he doesn't care, he just doesn't want to help. He's like, this is a, this is a trap! More Star Wars <laughs> references for you guys. Um, he thinks it's a trap, and he does not want to have anything to do with it. Terrible idea. Get out of here. Well, they're really using family, the theme of family as a device here to keep people continuing on this journey. Like why they set forth on the journey was because the father died and then they took the brother. And why should I help you now, Charlie? Oh, because we're family. So they're really using the device of family so far as the main motivation for everyone here. Yeah. And and he knew that by Charlie coming there that what what that was going to lead to. I mean, he had a pretty good intuition that it was going to lead to them finding him and and creating the drama that it did. So I understood his viewpoint of not wanting to necessarily go along with them at the beginning. But back to what Kristen's saying, it's family. So you have to support each other and you have to help each other out in this type of crisis, I think. Right. And I think especially as you guys are saying in this exact situation, what else do you have? And a lot of especially our age, our dreams and aspirations are really related to media. So what do you have after a lot of that goes away is your family. That's At the end of the day, that's the main thing you have is your family. Or a bottle of malt. Or a bottle of malt (laughs) before you kill some bitches. Before you kill some bitches. But speaking of family, you know what something is fun to do with your family is to watch the Fox premiere Tuesday night. Oh, tell us. I think that's what I want to do. Do tell. Well, first we have Zoe Deschanel who's back with her new season of New Girl. Love her. That's right. We all love her. Are you guys like that show? She wears these glasses. She does wear those type of glasses. Mm -hmm. Apparently, she is going to be laid off this season and looking for new work. So this is going to be oh. one of the When you major first points. said that, I was like, she got laid off of the show? <laughs> no. What? No, her character on the show. She was a teacher, so yeah. that's sad. Well, it just came out with one of her parents um, is going to be Jamie Lee Curtis. Oh, that just oh, that got hired good. to be on there. And I forgot who they hired as the dad, though, but I'm excited. So Jamie Lee Curtis is going to be on there. That should be a mm-hmm. nice addition to the show. <laughs> and oh. in addition to that, they have another new show that critics are actually saying is going to be one of the best new comedy this year. It's called Ben and Kate. Um, it's from the producers of New Girl, so I don't know if you guys had a chance to check that out yet. But Oh, I checked it. You checked it? Oh, I checked it. Did you like it? I know you liked it. <laughs> yeah, Dave. of course. Come on. <laughs> and right after that time, thought they're going to do another extra new episode of New Girl that follows Ben and Kate. And then right after that, they have my girl, Mindy Kaling, from The Office. I'm going to miss her on The Office, even though The Office is last season. Uh, she has a new show called The Mindy Project, so mm-hmm. it looks like they have a very fun-filled, fun Tuesday night that we all should check in and also in addition to that don't forget Monday nights with Mob Doctor at 9pm on Fox as well I yes. am. It sounds like a good lineup. It's a comedy lineup. And the Mindy Project, if you guys watched it beforehand, I did. You can watch it on Hulu right now. It's funny. It's It's got a lot of really quick humor, fast-paced humor. And yeah. some really great guest stars. I liked who she had a date with. That it, was a fun... Yeah. Oh, don't tell me. If, if the pacing, <laughs> you need to watch it to see who it was. Spoiler. It was a, it was cute. If the action pacing of Revolution were the comedy pacing of Mindy Project, that would be the correlation to make. Yeah, really quick pace. Yes. And and another thing we don't want to forget and tell everybody to go to iTunes and yes. comment and rate. We, we have a comment. We have yes. a comment that we're going to read, but remember mm-hmm. to go to iTunes, comment and rate. We love hearing if it's bad or good, how we can improve the show, and also it helps us to know how we can continue to bring you great shows like NBC's Revolution. Yeah. Yes. And guys, please do it on YouTube as well. We read both of them, YouTube and iTunes, so definitely comment, rate both of them. Which we will get to later on well, in the show. I'm just going to say right now. Whatever, Kristen. Yeah, I'm going to go against you. 
Um, Sir D. Pace. He said, seen the first episode via iTunes, loved it. AfterBuzz is one of the best podcast groups out there. AfterBuzz rocks. Go AfterBuzz. After so thank you, Sir D. Pace. Please keep watching. And then on YouTube, we have Natty Gone. And they said, why would there be dirty, dirty, why would they be dirty with beards and mustaches? There's still water, rivers, lakes to take baths and wash their clothes. And they can still have old style of shaving. And there's no point in them being dirty or hairy. But you know what? They don't, they're not going to have time. Their main purpose now is to go hunting. And they don't have time. And plus, you're going to run out of razors. Mm-hmm. How how many ra- the blades don't last? How do you sharpen those? Well, you could with rocks. Oh, yeah, you could with you like could, a whetstone. Really? Yeah, like yeah. A, that's like an old school barber. Okay, but how often are you going to have time to shave? I still want to see some beards. They have, people, have a bunch of swords. You know, yeah. they really clearly they don't have yeah, a lot of time with the, the militia sword. coming after everybody. <laughs> I want to see some awesome mustaches. <laughs> Put some pomade in that. And I do want to when we, when we yeah. get to the science section, I'll comment on the water aspect of that well, as well because I think okay. there's a lot of interesting things that I want to point out for what would mm-hmm. actually happen. Oh. But let's 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 keep on talking now about what happens with Miles because Miles, we find out that Nate and Miles has the foresight that Nate is part of the militia. He he can just tell, he can smell it on him. He's like he grabs his forearm, knows he's part of the militia, and Nate just backs away with the bow and arrow. To go alarm the militia. Yeah. That threw me off uh, once again. I just did not see that coming. I mean, that was a pretty powerful scene. Right. I mean, I feel like the government is the main issue in this show because of the lack of communication. If they just had a way to communicate, maybe there wouldn't be all this trouble. That's the huge issue that especially our society faces is because... We're so used to you can go on TV and have your leader talk to you. You can mm-hmm. you, we used to have the radio too to talk to it. But when a lot of power goes out, especially now for us, even the broadcast radio waves, we still use electricity. So yeah. we would lose even the power for a lot of people to use the radio. So it really is like we're just call. not used to a world without communication. Oh, we have a phone Ed call. On the phone. Oh, Ed. Yes. I'm here. Hey, hey Ed. what's going on? Uh, this is uh, Ed Bowling. I'm uh, a fellow after buzzer. <laughs> yes, I love Ed. What's hey, up, how you doing, Ed? Kristen? I saw, I see you there. Do you okay, like my Charlie so, costume, um, Ed? I want you to know, I'm calling in because this is just happens to be, you know, I I anticipated this show being awesome, and and so I watched it. You know, now I'm a super fan, and and I, I never call in. I never call in. <laughs> I'm calling in to this show. You guys are covering everything very well, doing a great job. Um, and you know, I thought I'd, I'd, I'd want to mention a couple things. Uh, number one, I was going to watch this show mainly because you know it was J.J. Abrams and John Favreau mm-hmm. were you know their names are on it, and so I was like, you know, I want to see what they're going to come together and produce. Uh, so that was the first thing. But just like a lot of the shows that I watch, I watched this one, and you know, being After Buzz host, I'm so skeptical and it's so critical. Like I'm, you know, it's it's really <laughs> tough to just sit back and enjoy a show because even when I'm at home, I feel like I should be taking notes. But, <laughs> I just put on headphones yeah. after I'm done. Right? But you know, I'm watching this show and I'm thinking, okay, how are they going to get me? Because you know, you they they give you the concept and the preview, and but how are they going to actually rope me in and make it a good show? Yeah. And you know what? I mean, there was a couple of things. Like the honestly, in the beginning, when I saw those planes falling, I mean, everything else was kind of cute, the lights going off, but when I saw the planes coming down, that was the reality that I was like, I, I was sitting there and saying out loud, "Oh my God!" Yeah. Mm-hmm. 
planes are going down. Yeah. You know what I mean? That's going to start fires, and then there's going to be nobody to put the fires out. I mean, that's just crazy, yeah. uh, the reality of that. And then, I mean, uh, if you just imagine the initial te- death toll from that alone, each commercial flight carries about 200 yeah. people, something. There's about 3,000 flights in there at one time, so that's a lot, a lot of people just from that already wiped out. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, and that, that and the, the violence, you guys mentioned that already, but the violence, although it was... It was like I, I. It was surprising. There was a lot of it, but I appreciated it because I'm thinking, you know what? That's really. That's what really mm-hmm. I would expect. You know, yeah. this, the malicious popping up and them like manufacturing their own little government and having laws. Like when uh, when uh, Giancarlo's character told the guy, he goes, "Hey man, if you have a gun, we can hang you." Yeah. Yeah. I yeah. mean, it was just the reality of so scary. That was another thing that totally got me, and. Um, I didn't think, uh, Kristen, you said earlier that the power, you suggested that the power, whoever did it, I didn't think for a second that it was done on purpose. Uh, Did they say that? No, they didn't say that. that. I'm just speculating because of all these medallions. I mean, it looks, and Grace turned electricity back on with the medallion, at least for her little circumference area. So in my mind, especially because they're doing the whole, like, Dave and, um, Dave said earlier they had like Evolve and then they had RE or they had the R come up so I felt like they are doing this on purpose to have the society sort of Mm re-evolve. Right, to have another evolution. Okay, well I, um, like I said, I didn't think of it. When you said it though, uh, you know I thought about it again I thought, okay, here's something to support it. So, you know, in the beginning I thought that there was just a handful of scientists that were kind of in the know and they and that would explain why there's more than one of these devices but in fact i think that the fact that the scientist that um ben called his brother the fact that he only had like whatever how much time it took him to get home and call and let his family know he only had a few minutes that to me is an indication that it wasn't something that's been you know some natural phenomenon that's been gradually approaching this day for years he ran home because he knew somebody was going to some bad guy was going to flip the switch right right you see so i mean because you think about it if it was just some you know natural disaster they probably would have seen it coming a long time ago you know, instead of that's rushing true. home saying, you know, quick, get ready, <laughs> you know. That's a great point, I mean, they were prepared in some extent, yeah. though, because of the medallions, but they definitely, like, he didn't want it to happen. He was like, oh, no. Well, and the wife didn't seem that surprised, right? Yeah. She kind no, of, they're all, they're she all goes, already oh, over. Mm-hmm. As a matter of fact, Ben probably knows the guy that turned everything off. Yeah. And uh, so, you know, and that's going to be a really cool plot thing, mm-hmm. you know, to come about. But anyway, when she, when there was another medallion, that was my last thing, and I'll, I'll let you guys go, but that mm-hmm. was the last gotcha when she, when the, the woman in the house all alone had a medallion and turned electricity on at the end of the first episode. I'm going, yes, this is good now. Ed, what did you think about the other person on the other end of the computer asking her, okay, what next? Do you think she is the one behind all of this? Well, I, I got to tell you, uh, I immediately felt like I was in in the underground facility on the aisle on Lost. Right, me too. I did okay. too, absolutely. Um, I'm like, you know, I'm expecting her to say, you know, Walt, are you there? Or what? You know, I mean, <laughs> you guys do a lot of crossover show comments, so yeah. there's one for you. But, so, some more J.J. Uh, Abrams right there. That's right. You know what? I'm. I basically, I just, I allowed myself to just enjoy that, and I didn't look too deep into it because uh, I, I don't think there's enough there for us to have any idea. Right. Yeah. 
Well, yeah. please take a break with Revolution and stop taking notes like these and just enjoy it for us. <laughs> <laughs> and I think you should call in regularly. I do, too. Uh, thank you for well, calling in and giving guys, me insight. Like I said, you guys are doing a great job. Um, and uh, so have a good time, and I'll talk to you next time. Yeah, keep thanks. watching. Calling yeah, keep thanks watching. Keep calling in. Thank okay. you. Good night. That was some night great yet. insight. Yeah, that was fun. Yay. Thanks, Ed. We really appreciate you calling. Yeah, Ed, and Ed you guys at night. home should call us as yes, well. Yes, definitely yeah, really give us should. a call. We'd love to talk with you guys as well. Not just after Buzz. So, <laughs> all Something right. I want to throw out there real quick is the plausibility of the show, because a lot of people are having trouble with it, and they're turning it off because they're like, this is impossible, or yeah, they're not dirty enough. So actually, they brought in a <laughs> physicist into the writer's room, and they pitched him the concept and their secret of why it all happened. And they said the physicist's face just lit up, and he said that's absolutely possible. So they did their homework, and they came up with something that was actually plausible. So whatever we find out, this really could happen. They did their homework, so keep watching because this is a cautionary tale for a reason, and I'm excited for those flashbacks to see the part that I want to (laughs) know. Like, what do we do when this actually happens? And I don't know. You know, somebody could be controlling all of electricity. I don't know how people wouldn't think that this is something realistic. I mean, look at back in 1999. I mean, when they were telling us to run and get water and supplies because the electricity was going to go haywire and we weren't going to get to our ATMs and things like that. Was that Y2K? Yeah, Yeah. I mean, it's it's clearly feasible and realistic that this could happen. Well, there's a lot of references I definitely want to pull up, but I do want to get back to the show so we can finish talking about the Miles storyline, and then we'll jump back on this whole section. Because uh, we we did have the whole Miles thing with Nate and the Trader, and then I want to talk about the swashbuckling, because that was (laughs) freaking awesome. Miles had two sores there. He's going back and forth. Yeah. It was badass. It was badass. I enjoyed the fight scenes, although it just seemed like everyone took their turn fighting him like a kung fu movie, right? They all seemed very scared to fight him, too, just as, you know, people who are just going to die in a minute sometimes seem to do. I think Miles is my favorite character Miles is good at killing people. Mm -hmm. He's good at killing people. That's all we know about him. And he's a drinker. He's like, if you just leave me alone, I'm going to drink myself to death. I think that's a classic line. There's a lot about his character. He's the Han Solo. Well, when Charlie was asked, (laughs) what what do you know about Miles? She just said, he's good at killing people. That was all she knew, too. So, good guy for killing people. As we know, he was a sergeant. Yeah. But we have everybody kind of taking a turn here. We got Charlie with the crossbow, finally. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. We have Aaron with a big metal rod. We've got Maggie with a dagger, and then Nate comes and saves the day for specifically for Charlie once again and runs yeah. off like nobody will know yeah. that it was me. But he saves the day specifically for Charlie yeah. once again. So it's number two. You owe me, bitch. <laughs> <laughs> I want to see her save him. I think that's going to I think that's going to turn, turn around. Yeah. Maybe. So we kind of end their whole saga with Miles deciding after all of this that, Mm -hmm. okay, he will join his family. He will join Charlie on this suicide quest to get Danny whatever. Whatever, bitch. He'll join her. (laughs) Someone please tally our bitch. I think we should have a drinking game. How many times do we say that word? (laughs) Um, So actually, Ed watching, as I commented, that he wasn't a big fan of the fight scene. Um, you know what? I like people stabbing people with swords. So when that happens, I'm always like, yeah, stabbing. I think it was well choreographed for NBC. Do you think it was possible, though, that he was able to fight off all those people? Is that one? He's a legend. I mean, he's a, he's a legend. I mean, I like the scene. As Watchtower Base would say. I actually want to see a little bit more blood, blood, blood and guts. 
Yeah, I don't think we're allowed, <laughs> yeah. right? Game no, of Thrones. Watch Game of Thrones and then listen to the After Buzz Game of Thrones show with Kristen and I. Well, listen, it's NBC. <laughs> there still can be some heads that are cut off every once in a while, you know, a little... I, I think know. they have There's... to be careful with... <laughs> they already hit their limit by saying bitch once. Oh. So yeah, I'm already... surprised yeah, I may be asking that. for too much. <laughs> I'm asking for too much. I think so. they really do have a limit of, like, how many times they can say a swear word. Well, they, they just have to start paying money. Yeah. <laughs> Um, so then let's jump on now Danny's whole quest line because we find out pretty early on that Danny's kind of a badass. Yeah. He immediately escapes from his little holding bathtub <laughs> and uses the metal rod to knock a dude out and run away until he has an asthma attack. But if it wasn't for his asthma, man, that that kid's awesome. I, I was yeah. a big Danny fan after this episode. I was, but I felt bad for him because at the end of the day, I think he sort of was the reason his father died. Mm-hmm. Yeah, how yeah, do you guys so. feel about that? Do you think the blood's on his hands? That's I mean, that's what the captain said. Yeah. <laughs> so I, I, I'd say that's a lot. That's I think that's what he's that's what his inner battle is. I think a yeah. lot has it's, to do with that. Yeah. I mean, he probably just yeah. At this moment, doesn't he's too concerned with what's going on? But I think you're right. I think eventually we'll come back to haunt him. Yeah. Like what would have happened if I hadn't done that? Yeah. If he hadn't drawn first. Because I mean, on the one hand, they might have taken him killed killed him anyways if he didn't yeah. give answers but we'll never know now and neither will Danny but right. ben, the, ben isn't the only one who died these that too there are like seven other people who died yeah we didn't know them it's okay <laughs> it's okay story that there's seven <laughs> other dudes who died but did all the secrets die with right. Ben yes no. <laughs> as we find out so we have Ben he has his savior as well which is great or not Ben sorry um Aaron Aaron no, no. Danny. Danny. Danny has his savior, which is Grace, who takes him okay. in and decides against what seems to be her better judgment because she clearly thinks he was probably followed by the militia yeah. mm-hmm. to save his life and give him an inhaler as well, which she has because of her son, who we talked about, who she lost. And she has some deep story because as we found out, she's also involved in this somehow. Yeah. She is a major character in what's going on. Yeah, but I think that Grace ratted out Danny a little bit too quickly. I think that there should she knew that he was already being chased by the militia. I think that they should have set up some code where if perhaps the militia showed up at the door, which they did, that she could give him some signal where he could leave because she obviously had some type of connection with him. Mm-hmm. So I was I just almost like thinking Underground Railroad in a way. <laughs> yeah, yeah let, let's take it to slavery. Yeah. <laughs> Look, I wasn't doing. Okay, Daryl. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'm thinking I'm like Harvard is harboring somebody that you can't harbor. But I'm kidding. That was my other question. I was wondering with her, they let her live and stay in her house, and she was harboring a fugitive. Yeah. You would think they're going to hang somebody for having a gun. That that she lied about it to to Gus, you know, basically. I think yeah. Yeah, I think Captain Tom Neville, I don't know, has a little romance for her. He's getting to know her. What did you do before? Oh, I was an algebra teacher. Oh, well, I was an insurance man, and I have a skill that I know when people are Was lying. that a pickup line? I, I didn't I, catch I, that. Yeah, I thought that was pretty much straight-up exposition for him to lay off, like, this is why I'm good at hunting people, or, like, good at reading people, Yeah, bitch. Right. Yeah. I just want to throw that well, in there I, I do think that there may be something, all jokes aside, that may have developed or may develop more with, with Neville and um, and with Grace. Because right. even the way she had that room that was locked up where she had all of the, the computers and everything, yeah. no one's ever checked that room or no one's ever been around her place to check that room or think that there's something suspicious mm-hmm. in there. Well, it just depends on where her house is. But at that particular point, if I'm the militia, I am searching her house for other people. Exactly. I'm kicking down more doors. Yeah. 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 
I mean, do they Spaces. know, does the militia know what they're looking for? They're just looking for people who know something right now. And, and the guy on the other computer was like, did they get it? Did they get the medallion? And she's like, no. So it's like, how would they even know the militia about the medallion at Well, I all? think Monroe knows. I think Monroe has some, at least some sort of knowledge about mm-hmm. it. He knows something about it. And maybe he doesn't know everybody involved, but he definitely knows something about it. But I mean, I know they know the people involved, but I don't know that they know about the medallions. I don't know, but Miles seems to know a little bit more that he's not saying. Even yeah. if he's close friends with Monroe, who knows what he would have heard, you know. Well, we also have the at the show. very end when they go into the military base. I think, were they going to the Pentagon? Is that where they were going? I, I think so. So they're going in, and yeah. I mean, it's both of them going in. So they're both going to get debriefed on something. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, that was a flashback. Right, but I mean, mm-hmm. that was 15 years before, but I'm saying they would both have knowledge because of that. I'm sure they mm-hmm. both know something more. Like, both of them do. Mm-hmm. But I, I think going back to um, Grace, though, and what you were mentioning, and Daryl, I, I don't. At that point, though, what can you really do when he's like, "I saw the dragged body, and I noticed." Like, what yeah. can you say at that point? Like, oh, that, that was a dog. Yeah. I mean, like, yeah. at, at yeah. that point, you kind of just have to give it up so he doesn't kill you or find the computer. So I think she was more concerned about the computer. That's true. That's a good point. Keep this computer and technology out of the malicious right. hand. I think that was her primary concern. I honestly feel like she's the wizard behind the curtain. <laughs> Pay no attention that. to Grace. <laughs> <laughs> that could be true. That'd be fun to find out. So right there, like a pivotal character, that that'd be cool. I I don't know if she's the head person, but I think she's definitely up there. Mm-hmm. I think she's just like Ben was. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Whatever his part of the board, but not the president. Right. Yeah. So what did you guys end up thinking about Sebastian Monroe once we finally got to meet him and we saw the giant camp? I'm curious about his motives, because how do you abandon your friend, Miles, who you seem to be really close with in the beginning of the show, buddy, buddy, talking about girls, and clearly you guys were in the service for so long together. How do you completely abandon that friendship? Mm-hmm. I don't understand what his motives could be, and it didn't seem like he was the dictator type in the right, beginning yeah. of this show. I mean, I think 15 years is a long time, and especially when you go into fight-or-flight mode, a new side of you comes out that mm-hmm. you wouldn't have known before. It's almost like a Lord of the Flies type of situation, but it's just that fight-or-flight, you're going to become somebody different because your first thing is survival. How do I become a leader? How do I become on top? How do I make sure that I survive and the people I care about survive. And they must have come into some sort of conflict during that, yeah. mm-hmm. which I'm sure we'll find out about. But I think 15 years through fight or flight, it will probably do that to you. Right. Mm-hmm. So I want to touch on now. I do want to move on to um, science. What? Science. So science. She blinded me. <laughs> <laughs> we definitely need some kind of sound bite for that. I think so. <laughs> Amir, can you work on that for us? Or the claps. Claps work. Claps work. Claps work. Maybe like a boom or an explosion. Um, (laughs) So we were talking last week about some possible situations for what could actually make the power get knocked out. And I was recommended um, this book, One Second After, which was written a few years ago, which is about one of these possible situations, which is actually very, very plausible. So this possible future is a very possible future. And the whole idea behind this book is that it's an EMP attack. And basically what the way that that would happen is if a nuclear bomb is launched and exploded above the orbit of the Earth, it would cause a massive, massive EMP that would destroy every electronic in the radius. And because it's above the orbit, the radius would be huge. So a couple nukes could essentially wipe out 
and be an EMP for all of America. Wow. So the situation in this book is that is what has happened, and they're kind of talking about – what's great about the book is the guy did a lot of research, like you were talking about they did for Revolution, mm-hmm. on exactly what are the things that we use electric, electrically, what would happen right away. And this book chronicles a day-by-day exactly after it happens – Events. So the first thing that would happen would be everybody in hospitals, everybody who is on some sort of life support would die immediately mm-hmm. because that would go out. You have two to four days and pretty much everyone there is dead. Everybody who needs medications, um, say you're diabetic, you're probably going to die because you need those medications. And those medications, even if you can somehow get a hold of a lot of them, you have to have them at a specific temperature. So you're kind of a ticking time bomb if you have those illnesses or diseases. So all those people are going to get wiped out and die. And then you have the problem of location. So say we're located in L.A. There's a desert. We're in a desert. We have to cross the Arizona desert if you and I want to go to Chicago. You guys want to go outside to the Midwest somewhere else. I mean, there's a desert. There's the fact that the way that water runs and the way that water works, we use electricity to even get water to our homes because Mm -hmm. the electricity pumps the water up to the water tank, and then we use gravity from there where gravity then takes it to everybody's homes. But if, unless you have a dam or something like that that is above you where you, you already have that gravity where you don't need the electricity to bring the water in, you're screwed. You don't yeah. have any water coming in mm-hmm. to give your home water. And somewhere like L.A. where you're by an ocean, uh, that's salt water. So unless you want seasickness and go mad and die, right. uh, we don't really have any options. So Britta. just initially – Yeah, Britta's amazing. I got totally my filters. <laughs> so just initially off the bat – all those concerns, let alone food, are going to kill off millions of people. Yeah. I'm a hunter and gatherer. I got this. And Kristen's got this. Another <laughs> another thing that I want to point out, too, that I found really cool and interesting is a lot of cars back before we had electronics didn't actually use electronics. So technically, a lot of really old cars would still work, and you could still use those cars. And I'm wondering if in this show we're going to see that. Mm-hmm. But right. really old ones that don't use electronics will work. Really old planes that don't use electronics will work, whereas all the commercial flights would immediately crash, as we saw in the show. Mm-hmm. But there are some older, older things like that that would still work. Right, and the Industrial Revolution used steam, right. not electricity. Mm-hmm. So if you guys want to find out more, I actually do recommend this book because if you guys are intrigued by the topic, there are, as we were talking about, lots of ways where this could happen. And I think last we were talking about solar flares, and there are tons and tons of ways. So it's definitely an interesting read. Um, Kristen, I believe you had more science for us. Well, I was just going to talk about guns because we see a lot of muskets and bayonets here. Uh, hey. Uh, I like this. Nice. Thank you. Drum roll for the science. Science. She blinded me with science. Science. (laughs) So um, guns were invented in China in the 12th century after they invented gunpowder in the 9th century. And their first kind of firearm was called a fire lance. And it was a gunpowder filled tube, which was made of bamboo, Mm. uh, attached to the end of a spear and used as a as a flamethrower and they had like little parts of shrapnel that, that awesome. were like bullets that they would attach that would be inside the bamboo and it was sometimes it would uh fly out with the flame they would catch it on fire and then throw the the um 
the flamethrower, the spear, and but eventually the bamboo was actually the barrels were replaced with metal, and that's how guns came to be. But it'd be really cool if we kind of saw people developing their own weapons in this world because you can't have guns made of metal, but hey, why not put some gunpowder and some bamboo? Except we're in America and there's not too much bamboo out here. Yeah, Good point. But hey, true. maybe we're going to get on those ships that I've been dreaming about. <laughs> the whole season when they sail across the seas to yes. China. But, I mean, another cool thing about guns is they actually came from fireworks, which I'm not sure if you just mentioned right. there, but I didn't know that they were flamethrowers first, so that is pretty amazing. I've yes. learned something new. Thanks <laughs> to science. The more science. you know. Uh, speaking of the more you know, let's talk about news <laughs> and gossip. After Buzz TV News. Oh, we get the double TV. remix. Yes. The remix. Ooh. I have some, oh, I'll, too. I'll go with it. Um, actually, to go back to my one of my favorite characters, um, with... Uh, Giancarlo Esposito, um, he was talking to the Huffington Post about maybe that he'd be back uh, for Breaking Bad, might reprise his role, that there's been some talk about it, maybe he'll be haunting Walt in his dreams, so I'm really excited about that because I'm a big Breaking Bad fan that way, and it's kind of fun to see him, he talks a little bit about being a bad guy in a bunch of different shows, and then the other news that I have is J.J. Abrams actually just signed on with CAA, the talent agency, and he hasn't had an agent since June 2011 when he left WME following the exit of his reps David Lohner and John Fogelman. So what a great talent to represent right now. He's got a whole new That's show. Big. They're talking about another thing of his picking up and he owns Bad Robot. I mean, you've got a... He's taking over Hollywood. Got a great guy there. I have something cool. So Maria Howell, who plays Grace on the show, who we saw at the end communicating on the computer, she actually said that she saw uh, Giancarlo Esposito, who plays the captain in this show, on the street in New York, <laughs> and she didn't want to bother him, and now she's working with him. And she says it's great to work with someone like him because she's learning things from him on set that she now doesn't have to take a class for, and she just said how thankful she was to be working with such a successful and amazing actor. That's yeah. awesome. Mm-hmm. I, uh, what I have is that J.J. Uh, Abrams was on Jimmy Kimmel's show Friday night, uh, or excuse me, Jimmy Fallon's show on Friday night, and he mentioned that when he was a young kid, he actually was really into like B-movies, and he would write letters to some of the B-movie makeup artists and actors, <laughs> and one um, makeup artist in particular, special effects guy, Dick Smith, actually sent him the tongue that was used in The Exorcist back to his house, wow. and he still has it to this day. So it was the actual one worn by Linda Blair in The Exorcist. Wow. So. And then he that's wore awesome. it himself. And then he wore it himself, yes. <laughs> and that's why she's, like, he's weird. He's just going around, ah, with the tongue, probably. <laughs> maybe, maybe not. Okay, and I do not have any news and gossip for you guys, so let's move on to predictions. because your name's not Kristen. <laughs> and now, you're after Buzz TV. Predictions. So I predict that Nate's name is not Nate. <laughs> <laughs> nice. What do you think it is? It's probably Kristen. Probably. probably. It probably is Kristen. Yeah. It's probably Kristen with the C-H. Kristen. 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 Yeah. For sure. I bet. So we see that um, Charlie has to shoot someone. Is it Captain Tom shoot Neville? Shoot the warden. That's it, what they, they said, and I quote, warden. Yeah, I heard that too, but it looked like 
Giancarlo Esposito on his horse. I think they were just like editing and mixing that in to make it more suspenseful. Ooh. I'm imagining the warden is going to be, they're going to run into another town, like another township, kind of like theirs, mm-hmm. and there's going to be a warden there and she's going to have to make a moral choice. I saw the gun like strapped to her arm some way. I'm yeah. excited about yeah. that. Is that a I gun? I thought that it was is. a crossbow. Which I have no be. idea. Crossbow what it was. arm. Yeah, that would make more sense. Who knows? Crossbow arm. Oh, and, so, <laughs> and something, Rachel, who was Danny and Charlie. Charlie's mother said, never let go of Danny's hand. So that just further proves like her quest of why she has to find her brother. Right. And then clearly from that, we're going to be seeing more of those flashback tidbits because that's what that was. So we're going to get a little bit more of those bites and hopefully a little bit more about the chaos going on right after things happen. And something we didn't mention was that she, the ice cream. So apparently, I'm wondering oh. if ice cream is going to take place here because that's another one of those. That's another. Free, yeah, ice, ice cream's cream coming back. Ice cream, but the bees are going to be guarding the ice cream. Exactly. <laughs> and Erin will have to fight for it so she can taste ice cream again. One last time. My prediction is that Maggie's going to die in an upcoming episode. Mm. That's what I think. But I love her accent. I feel I like do she, too, but I think she she's adds bite class the to the show. She does. But if she dies, I gotta guess the mother comes back. Yeah. I don't know if she's dead. Well, it's also who's going to be their doctor, because that's a big deal now. They need a doctor, and she's acting as their doctor. So that would cause a huge problem. I don't think she's going to die. You guys know my predictions that Grace is the wizard behind the curtain, and they need to unite the medallions for electricity to come back yeah. on. Nate has a lot of secrets. Maybe he's a doctor. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe. All right, guys. Guys, well, thank you so much for joining us on the premiere edition of Revolution. We will see you guys again next week. Guys, I am Dave Klein. You can find me on Twitter at the Dave Klein, that's K-L-E-I-N, or at DJK-online.com. I'm Kristen Elizabeth, and you can find me at Cinematic Escape on Twitter, or you can also Bing Cinematic Escape and find my blog. I'm Dario Kristen. You can find me under the same name on Twitter and also Facebook. And I'm Kristen Carroll, and you can find me under the fan, F-A-N-2-T-O-C-S-E-E. And Amir. Where can we find you? From Bing.com, executive producers Maria Menunos, Kevin Undergaro, Phil Svitek, and the entire AfterBuzz TV staff, we would like to thank you for listening to the AfterBuzz TV network. To watch or listen to other after shows and post comments or questions, be sure to visit AfterBuzzTV.com. I'm Sir Richard Wentworth, and this has been a presentation of AfterBuzz TV. Buzz Buzz you later, later, bitch. The views expressed herein are those of the hosts only and do not necessarily reflect the views of AfterBuzz TV or its owners or principals.